Welcome back to the Jag Bros. I am the oldest Jag Bro, JT Raymond, here alongside my two brothers, Jack and Joey. We are three brothers that grew up in Jacksonville, have been lifelong Jaguars fans, and we thought, you know what, let's start doing a podcast, uh, sharing some of our thoughts. We think there's an opportunity, especially with what could be a historic run for the Jacksonville Jaguars this season. Today, we're going to be breaking down the Chiefs game, and fortunately, one of our Jag Bros is actually going to be at the game this weekend. Joey, are you getting ready to be in Jacksonville? You know it. I am so excited. Uh, The game is Sunday, and I want to meet all the fans that listen to this. I'll be in Section 221 if you want to come hang out. I love our Jags fans. Love to talk Jaguars. Let's cheer on the Jags and beat these Chiefs. It's time to lock down the bank. I've been to a couple of Chiefs games in Jacksonville through the years. Uh, there's one, I think we lost 28 to two against an Alex Smith team. It was early in the season two. I think it was September. Uh, we got a safety. The first uh, play of the game I was like, okay, okay. The Jaguars might actually be really good this year. Uh, and then we proceeded to get shut out our offense for the rest of the game. And they proceeded to score four touchdowns and we lost 28 to two. And then the other time I was in Kansas city or sorry, in the Jacksonville game uh, against Kansas city was um, the game that Nick Foles got hurt. And so I am going to be sitting this one out because I may be bad luck when we play the Chiefs in Jacksonville. And I want to invite our my other brother, Jack, who, you know what, your voice a little gone. You you would have thought that you were at the Colts game this past weekend. Yeah, my voice is still uh, not fully back, but I'm going to be screaming when the Jaguars win, when Joey storms on the field, and I'm going to be like, hey, that's my brother. So that's what I'm going to be doing this Sunday. Well, if I storm well, the field, I might get arrested. <laughs> this isn't college football, unfortunately, but... Yeah, well, it'll certainly be uh, a game that the eyes of the nation will be on us. A huge matchup here in week two. So in this episode, we want to break down first, starting with our offense versus their defense. And then we'll flip that, our defense versus their offense. We'll, we'll, we'll have some final thoughts, um, our keys to the game, what we want to see from both sides of the ball. And then we'll give you our score prediction going into this game. And so with that, we'll start with the offensive side of the ball. Jacksonville obviously uh, looked fantastic at times last week, scoring 31 points on offense against the Colts, winning 31 to 21. Um, Trevor had a nice day, 240 plus yards, two touchdowns. ETN had uh, 77 yards on the ground as well as um, over 25 through the air, uh, which was nice to see. But the Chiefs played really well on defense um, as well. They held the Lions to a true only 14 points. Their, uh, the Lions defense scored one of the other touchdowns on a <laughs> quote-unquote pick six from uh, Mahomes, which is really more on Kadarius Toney, uh, where the, the Chiefs obviously lost 21-20. to 20. Um, So where, what do you guys think are some of the keys to success for our offense versus what looked to be a pretty decent Chiefs defense in game one? Well, of course, the big news when it comes to obviously the Chiefs looked good defensively week one, but the massive news is Chris Jones, obviously Kansas City's top defender, one of the top defensive players in the league, signing a big one year deal. We are going to see him play against the Jaguars week two. So definitely. I mean, that just shows you how much the Chiefs have the respect for the Jags that they have to go out and re-sign their most expensive player because they know that the only chance that they have against the Jaguars if if they have Chris Jones. And that's why I'm saying 
air raid, air raid, air raid. Our offensive line, unfortunately, especially the middle, is not good enough to get a push against Chris Jones. It's just not. So we're going to have to rely on Trevor Lawrence, and it's going to have to be Calvin Ridley. It's going to have to be Christian Kirk. It's going to have to be Zay Jones. Everyone's going to have to be on point on the passing. And I think that Trevor Lawrence can go for over 400 yards this game. Well, that would be a huge jump from what we saw when obviously the Jaguars lined up against Kansas City. Great. Of course, it was a colder game uh, in Kansas City back when we played them in January of this year. But in that game, Trevor was 24 for 39, 217, and a touchdown and one interception. So hopefully, Calvin really can make up quite a bit of that difference because I do think we need to throw the ball quite a bit. What about you? What do you think in JT for our offense? So there's a narrative out there that Kansas City's defense is a lot better than most people think. The fact that they held the Lions to 14 points without Chris Jones and getting Chris Jones back this week, uh, I think would scare a lot of people on paper. Because if you actually look at this um, Kansas City team versus the Lions, the Lions really don't have a whole lot of outside weapons. Um, especially with Jamison Williams still serving his suspension um, for the first part of this year. Um, They have Marvin Jones, which we saw him play in Jacksonville. He's fine. Uh, He's certainly older and and has lost a step or two from his heyday. You also have uh, Josh Reynolds, who's, I would argue, a below average wide receiver. And Jacksonville is going to be rolling out three or four options better than those two folks that they that they put out there. Amon Raw is certainly a top 10 level of wide receiver, but he plays in the slot. So what I think you'll certainly see is Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones test those corners in a way that they did not. And I agree with you, Joey. I think the path to victory is going to be a lot more passing. Uh, and I think it's going to be a big day again for Zay Jones and for um, and for Calvin Ridley. But I also think this is going to be an opportunity for Christian Kirk to shine. I'm on raw for the Chiefs who plays in that same position that Christian Kirk had um, had six receptions for 71 yards and a touchdown. We talked a little bit about um, Christian Kirk probably getting a bounce back game. I think this is the type of matchup that makes a lot of sense for him to succeed. I hope you're right, JT. Uh, I could for sure use a big game from Christian Kirk on my fantasy team. I also think that Evan Ingram could be a really big uh, plus for us and these keys to victory. I think he'll be a good mismatch against this uh, Chiefs defense. Use some of that height and power that he has. I do think it's important to highlight the run game. If we can't get it running up the middle, as you pointed out, Joey, of the Chiefs having a strong interior line, would love to see ETN bounce it outside. Maybe even see a little bit of D. Ernest Johnson, who we only saw one carry from last week. Would love to see him get a few more carries in week two against the Chiefs. And then as we saw in week one, would also like to see our running backs get involved in the pass game. I think that is an opportunity for us to find a hole in the Chiefs defense where we get an ETN out wide and let him show off some of that explosive speed. Yeah, no, it's certainly going to be important, but in the last two matchups in the Chiefs last year, uh, ETN finished with 45 yards and 62 yards, so not his best performances. It's going to be tough sledding. Um, but on the positive side, to reiterate one final time on the, the receiver standouts, Kirk had two of his better games against the Chiefs. The first one for nine receptions and over 100 yards and two touchdowns. 
So that would be a, quite a fantasy performance for you, Joey. Uh, and then a really Ooh. nice seven for 52 and a touchdown as well. Zay Jones also had big days against Kansas City. So I really think it's going to come down to the passing game, uh, it, particularly uh, the big three for us. Yeah, so let's flip fields. Let's talk about what our defense is going to look like against the Chiefs offense. And of course, you have to start with Patrick Mahomes, certainly the number one quarterback in the league, Super Bowl MVP last year. In fact, if you look at Patrick Mahomes stats, this is truly incredible. His record as starting quarterback is 64 and 17. And only three of those 17 losses has he lost by more than one possession. And so he's clutch. He is a great playmaker. He has a cannon for an arm. He makes plays that no one else can. So what do the Jaguars do to try to slow down Patrick Mahomes? I'll tell you, I want us to go in there and hit him hard. I have seen too many defenses not bringing him down, barely hitting them pulling up and just kind of knocking him down. I understand he's the NFL golden boy. That's a good idea in theory, but guess how many sacks we had against him in the past two games we played against him. The same amount of sacks that you and I registered uh, in the game last week. Zero. That's true. In fact, in fact, Mahomes is one of the least sacked quarterbacks. So I think it's a good idea, but I don't really see a situation where we're getting a lot of pressure. I think we we had a fantastic game um, last last week, obviously, being able to pressure AR, but it's a rookie. He struggles to read the field still at, at a quick pace. That is the exact opposite of Patrick Mahomes, who reads the field quickly, who gets the ball off. Even when you feel like you're bringing him down, he still finds a way to flick it um behind his back or around like around the offensive linemen uh and so i I don't know if that's going to be the key to to our victory and the i think the the adage that you said jack slow down is spot on because he's going to get his and he's coming in angry and they all know they do not want to start off zero and two this season considering the fact that it's going to be every game matters for them when they're certainly have their eyesights on home field advantage for the playoffs for me slowing down him is you have to contain i think the only two weapons that they would have um, in the receiving game kelsey And despite the fact that Tony had maybe the worst wide receiver game I've ever seen, he's somebody that hurt the Jaguars heavily at important times last year in both the regular season and the playoffs. And so if you find a way to limit both of those guys from having a big game and making anybody else beat you like that to me is has to be where the game plan starts defensively. It's going to be interesting to see Mahomes again. He is the best. But we did see the Lions slow him down. Now, how did they do that? They got a lot of help from the Kansas City wide receivers. As you pointed out, JT, Tony had three drops, another drop. In fact, those four drops in that game is the most drops that Patrick Mahomes has ever had his wide receiver crew have in any of his games. And so you have to double cover, stop, slow down Kelsey and make these wide receivers The Chiefs have decided, hey, we're not going to pay wide receivers a lot because we believe Patrick Mahomes is so good. We're not going to re-sign Tyreek Hill a few years ago. And so you have to make these guys that are sixth, seventh, undrafted players beat you because that is, to me, your only hope. 
is you've got to stop Kelsey and make these other guys, make the running backs beat you. Pacheco, uh, Edwards Hilaire, these guys that did not look good against the Lions. And here's the problem that we've seen the past two times we played them. Pacheco also had some of his best performances against the Jaguars, averaging almost eight yards a carry against us in the playoffs for just under 100 yards. And then the other one was one of his earlier breakout games where he had 80 yards and averaged five yards a carry. So you really want to see the opportunity to clamp down. At the end of the day, just make them do something different than what they want to do. They want to be able to hand inside balls to Pacheco, throw it to Kelsey over the field, and then have Tony spread you out wide with speed. All three of those things they were able to do pretty much at will against us in the times we played them. So you have to find ways to slow that those options down. The things like Bill Belichick and other really good defensive coordinators do is they take away your number one option or take away one of the, the ways that you would want to attack to force you to play left-handed. I've really not seen the Jaguars do that a whole lot on defense this year. And I'm a little concerned that we might be having a false sense of security about how good the defense was against Indianapolis. Yeah. Uh, with Pacheco, we need to make sure that we bring him down. He is the angriest running back I've ever seen. He runs hard. So even if you think you got him down, make sure you hop on top of him because that man is really good at running through tackles. Yeah, no question. Our defense has a tall task, and it is a huge transition to go from rookie quarterback, backup running back for the Indianapolis Colts, to now you're facing the number one quarterback, one of the best offenses in the league. So the defense is going to have their hands full. So let's jump into what are the keys for the Jaguars to pull out a W this Sunday? Uh, the, the big key for the offense, I think, is absolutely going to be passing. I think Trevor has to go over 300 yards minimum, at least two touchdowns over the air. And then for the key for defense is going to be getting Patrick Mahomes, making sure that he's uncomfortable in the pocket, and then need to watch out for Raji Rice. Uh, I think they're going to draw a lot more plays for him. He's a rookie. He only played in one game, but he was the only competent wide receiver they had that game. So I see them drawing up a lot more plays for him. I think that's a good call out, Joey. Uh, Raji Rice certainly has the high ceiling that could get them. Um, from an offensive perspective, I'm going to stick to what you were saying as well. I think it's going to come down to our passing ability, but the stat that I'm going to be most interested in is how many times in the red zone or in the green zone, right inside the, the 40 of the opponent, are we actually coming away with a touchdown? It felt like at times we would be able to move the ball between the twenties against the chiefs in both of those games. Uh, and we, we were trying to steal possessions, right. With the onside kick, but we were coming away empty when it mattered the most. And so what is our ability to score touchdowns? And I think one of the ways that that could show up is on third downs. So we were okay on third downs last week against the Colts, but can we get to 45 or 50% on third downs, um, against the chiefs? If we do that, I feel very comfortable with the chance of us winning. And then defensively, look, take away Kelsey or Pacheco, hold one of those two under 50 yards. 
if you can do that, I think you're really putting yourself in, in, in a chance to win. If both of them have big games, obviously we're assuming Kelsey plays at this point. Um, but if both of them have games where they're over 50 yards, I think the chance of Jacksonville winning uh, go down dramatically. Yeah, my defense key is similar of if Kelsey plays, I think you have to double double cover Kelsey. There's a great game where Steph Curry played in college on Davidson and Davidson still won. But as you can imagine, Steph was amazing. And so one of the teams said we will double cover him every second that Davidson's offense is on the court. And even when it was timeout and the ball wasn't even in yet, they were double covering Steph. And that's how we need to play with Kelsey. I would even say let Pacheco try to beat us because he is talented, but he is not at the level of Kelsey. So that's my defensive key. And then my offensive key is I'm going to agree with all of y'all of let Lawrence sling it. I'm okay with a few interceptions if we are just gunning it, going for the big plays, because I think we're going to need some big plays, big receptions from Ridley. I want to see the stat Ridley get over 100 yards again. That's going to be something to watch out for, because to me, there's no one on the Chiefs that can cover him. So if they're not double cover Ridley, he should have a monster game this Sunday. Let's see what y'all have predictions wise. And let me just point out here so far. I'm now in the lead because I was the closest on the prediction from week one where JT said 27-6, Joey gave us 41-14, and I would say 28-13. And so the final score was 31-21. So let's see which of the Jag bros brings home the right prediction week two. All right, your honor, your honor. You're up at the T first, Jack. Oh, I don't want this because unfortunately... As much as my heart always says, pick the Jaguars to win, my head says that we lose a tough one. Uh, I will give us one stat that is encouraging to me, and maybe we can sneak out a uh, a couple points this way. Anderson Butker typically is automatic. Every season has been 88% or higher. Last year, he had his worst year field goal percentage at 75%. So maybe we get a missed field goal or two. I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs at 35 and your Jacksonville Jaguars at 31. Oh, okay. boo. boo. Listeners, uh, if you want to be a host on the Jag Bros, we need a new one because obviously we've already lost Jack. Uh, I have the Jags winning. It is a close one. And I have us winning 38 35 and i have it because agnew has a return all the way down the field in the last seconds i think it's going to be a chiefs bills type of game where it's mahomes first trevor and the last person with the ball wins agnew takes it all the way to field goal range and mick manis puts it through the uprights for the jags to go up by three Oh, I love the drama. That would be amazing. And I agree, Joey. I think this one has the makings for uh, a Chiefs-Bills game or even like we saw last week, the Dolphins and the Chargers was back and forth and whoever had the ball last wins. So with that in mind, I think the home field advantage makes the difference for us. I am also picking the Jaguars to win, but I think it's going to be more like the Ravens game last year where we tie it, or excuse me, we, we, we're down by seven. We score a touchdown in the last minute of the game. And then Dougie Peterson lays it all on the line, goes for two, and Zay Jones catches it in the end zone. For for the two point conversion, Jaguars win thirty two thirty one. Love it. 
Love it, love it, love it. I would never be so happy to be wrong in my life. So that is going to do it for this episode. I hope you Jag fans are ready. The game is this weekend. I cannot wait. I will be there with you, cheering you on. I'm going to lose my voice, and we are going to help get the Jags over the finish line and beat the Chiefs. That will put us up two games plus the tiebreaker, which would be huge for us and home field advantage for the playoffs. That game, again, is Sunday noon uh, Central Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Let's do this.